Hello everybody, hello everybody, my nature family. Oh my god, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute and a half. I know, I know I'm late, but happy new year. Happy new year everyone. I hope you all transitioned well into 2024. Oh my goodness, there are so many words, so many declarations for the year, but I think for me personally, I just want this year to be a year where I am intentional about knowing God. I'm intentional about uh, figuring out how to live a life that He wants me to live, figuring out how to live a, pers a purposeful life that He wants for me, that He desires for me. All in all, just to sum it up, I just want this to be a year where my relationship with God is fruitful and produces fruit as well. <laughs> yeah, I think for me personally, that's the word uh, for 2024. But yeah, I hope everybody's good. I hope you all are well. Oh, it's been a minute. Work has been so hectic, but here we are. Let's get right into it. Uh, the episode, uh, episode two, we were speaking about obedience um, and how we need to love obeying God. In this episode, we will be speaking about righteousness. Mm. We are speaking about righteousness. So remember... We have broken down the word worship and we've made it into, a, into an acronym, sorry. So W is for the word, O is for obedience, R is for righteousness, which is what we are speaking about today. Then S is for sincerity, H, Holy Spirit, I, intimacy, and P is for prayer. Or praise, rather. Yeah, praise. Right, so we are speaking, we are speaking about righteousness. Let's get right into it. In the first episode, when we were speaking about righteousness, we took our scripture from the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. It says, you know that Christ is righteous. You should know then that everyone who does what is right is God's child. Hallelujah. Okay. So I took the liberty of looking up what the word righteousness means in the dictionary. It says the quality of being morally right or justifiable. Right? Just pin that, pin that uh, to your thoughts. Right? So the verse that we just read, basically it means that we do right simply because Christ does what is right. Okay, and our aim is to be like him. Essentially, our aim is to be like him. Right. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of life, or, or rather the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, after that whole scenario, God's 
intention was to bring salvation to his creation, right? And he was going to bring that salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus is prophesied so many times in the Old Testament. So how God was going to bring about salvation to his creation was going to be through Jesus, of which he did. And so God's commitment in our lives is to make us like Jesus, right? It's to make us like Jesus. So, um, okay, wait. Before I say that, let's go to the book of Romans. Uh, chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. So Paul says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. His son being Jesus, right? So, all people who have chosen to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, all people who have chosen to live for Jesus, God foreknew them, right? God foreknew it, and he predestined it as well to be so. And from the moment we decide to live to Okay, wait, the moment we decide to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, sorry, the moment we decide to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that is when we take a vow. That is, that is when we must take a vow to become just like Jesus, right? Because as he came into this world, he came as a representation of what a child of God should live like of how a child of God should live, right? So Jesus came into the world, he lived in it, and he defeated it as well, right? So God's purpose for our lives has always been that we become like Jesus. So in the Old Testament, God saw that mankind cannot keep and follow the law. They, can, they cannot keep and follow my law, my way of living, right? Which is the right way to live, okay? So he saw that mankind is living in sin. They are dwelling in sin. And as much as they sacrifice uh, everything that they sacrifice, as much as they pray to me as much as they cry to me they can never be justified in the sin that they do and God being God he cannot compromise his holiness meaning he cannot what's the word he cannot oh how can I put this Holy Spirit help me Mm. Yes, God being holy, right, 
He cannot compromise his character. He cannot compromise his holiness. Therefore, because mankind is living in sin, he does not sin at all. So he cannot indulge in what mankind is doing. He cannot because he's holy. If he does, if he does do that, that means he compromises his holiness. God being holy, God being pure, God being the light that he is, he cannot indulge in darkness. So because people were living in sin, he could not have the relationship that he wanted to have with them because they were living in sin and he is holy, right? So he said, in order for these people to be in relationship with me, in order for them to be in right standing with me, I will send down my son and show them how I want them to live. I will send down Jesus. Jesus will go and be with them for a time. He will live a sinful, a sinless life, sorry. He will live a sinless life and he will defeat the whole world so that I can show them what I want. So Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. He defeated the whole world, essentially. He suffered immensely. He died. And when he died, the devil thought he won. Yes, he died, but he rose again from the dead, right? And when he rose from the dead, he rose with our reconciliation with God, making us to be in right standing with God. Now... God can have the relationship that he desires to have with us because the power of sin was defeated when Jesus died. The power of the law died when Jesus died as well. All right. So the verse carries on. We are in verse 29, um, Romans 8 verse 29. Let me just start over and read it. He says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Right? It carries on and it says that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called... He also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. The meaning of righteousness is the meaning of righteousness is the quality of being morally right or justifiable. When mankind was dwelling in sin in the Old Testament, they could not justify themselves to God. No matter how many times they prayed to God, no matter how big the sacrifices were that they made to God, they could never be justified to God. And what is the meaning of being justifiable? It's to be shown to be right. It's you are right in whatever sin that you have done, in whatever wrong that you have done, you are seen right. 
after Jesus died and rose from the dead, we are now justifiable to God. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We have now become justifiable to God. In the Old Testament, they could not justify themselves, but now we can because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right. So we have two people, right? Let's call them person A, person B. Person A is an atheist. Let's just say for peace sake, <laughs> he's an atheist, right? He does not believe in any higher power. He does not believe in any deity. He does not believe in any source of divinity, right? But person A does what is good. They feed the hungry. They dress the homeless. They love all people. They don't lie. They don't, st they don't steal. They are genuine in loving and helping others. They have no faults whatsoever. They are basically saints, right? That's person A. Then we have person B. Person B is a full believer of Christ, follower of Christ, born-again Christian. They do the same thing as person A. They feed the hungry, they dress the homeless, they love others as well. They are also genuine in helping everybody in need. They don't lie, they don't steal. They are saints as well. Though, um, oh, the only difference is that uh, person A is an atheist, person B is a believer of Christ, right? In the eyes of God, Person's a, person A's good works and their righteous living is useless. Their righteous living is null and void because their actions are not motivated by the higher power that is Jesus. Right? Their actions are not because they want to be like Jesus. And because of that, they will not inherit the kingdom of God, let alone enter it. Whereas person B, person B's righteous living is motivated by Jesus. They do right. They live holy lives. They, they live lives that please God in all of their essence. Why? Because they want to be like Jesus. Each and every act of righteousness that they do is motivated by Jesus. They live holy lives because Jesus is holy, right? They do their best to live sinless lives because Jesus lived a sinless life. So their whole, their whole purpose of living a righteous life is motivated by Jesus. Listen, righteous living does not provide salvation. 
Righteous living should be the result of salvation. Right? So salvation is not earned by works, but salvation is the result of grace through faith. And that came about through Jesus. So person A will not receive salvation just because of their good works. They will receive salvation if they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and their acts of righteousness is motivated by Jesus. Jesus should be our primary and main reason and source for living a righteous life because he lived a righteous life. It should never be so that we can feel good about ourselves or so that we can be morally acceptable to other people or even morally acceptable to ourselves. No. Excuse me. It should be simply because Jesus lived a holy life and it should be simply because we want to please God. Not ourselves, but God. Jesus says in the book of John, after his resurrection, he says, everyone who listens to the truth listens to me. Everyone who listens to the truth listens to me. That means everybody who does what is right, everybody who does what is right, everybody who lives, who, who, who longs to live a holy life should be because I lived a holy life. Our righteous livelihoods and us doing good should be influenced by nothing but Jesus. Nothing but Jesus. Nothing but Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus lived the perfect life. How did Jesus live? Jesus lived the perfect life. He did. He lived a perfect life that we cannot live. But just because we cannot live that perfect life, it does not mean we should not strive to. Because that's what God wants. He wants us to strive to live a perfect life. Yes, we sin. Yes, we miss the mark. Yes, we sin. Yes, we miss the mark. And we don't, we, we, we lose the focus on being what God wants us to be. We lose the focus. We lose the essence of living in his purpose. But we are justified because of Jesus. And our efforts in living a holy life, that's what counts, that's what matters. God cannot compromise his holiness, he cannot. He cannot compromise his holiness. And that means that if we are children of God, but we are dwelling and living in sin, then we cannot have a fruitful relationship with God. We cannot have a truthful relationship with God. We cannot have a genuine relationship with God because God does not 
compromise his holiness. That is why God decided to see us through the eyes of his holy son, which is Jesus. Hallelujah. God does not compromise his holiness. How did Jesus live? He lived the perfect life. Jesus was the perfect example of love. Jesus was the perfect example of love. He is love. He is love. All right. And what is the definition of love? According to Paul, love is patient. Love is kind. We are in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Paul says, love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. It is not provoked. It does not keep an account of wrong. It does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. Yeah. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Hallelujah. Whenever I used to read this text, it's not an unfamiliar text, but whenever I used to read it, in my mind, this was a definition of how I'm supposed to love my significant other. Right? But the Holy Spirit said to me the other day, yes, that's one way to look at it. But also, it, it should be how to love others as well. Not only your significant other, but how to love others as well. How to love God as well. Right? So, in us living a life that pleases God, love is patient, love is kind. Therefore, we should also be patient and kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. Therefore, if we, if we want to please God, then we shouldn't be jealous of other people. We should not brag as well. We should also not be arrogant. He carries on and he says it should not act disgracefully. It should not seek its own benefit. If we want to please God, we should not act disgracefully. And we should not seek our own benefit. In whatever that we do, we should not seek our own benefit. It carries on, it says, it is not provoked, does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. As children of God, we should not provoke others. We should also not allow to be provoked. As children of God, we should not 
keep records of wrongs. We should not keep accounts of a wrong suffered. Hallelujah. It carries on. It says, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. If we want to live a life that pleases God, we should not be happy when we do wrong. We should not rejoice in unrighteousness. We should love doing the commandments of God. We should love doing what is right. We should rejoice with the truth. Hallelujah. It says it keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. As ambassadors of Christ, people who live lives that are holy, people who live lives that are holy because they are influenced by Christ, we should be confident in the Lord. We should believe in God and everything that he says. We should hope for all things and keep the faith. We should endure all things. We should persevere always and we will never fail. If we endure all things and persevere always, we will never fail. Hallelujah. We will never fail. My God. Okay, I think I think I'm done. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else that I need to say. I think I've said all that I've needed to say for this moment. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God. Oh. Thank you for your love. Nothing but your love. Jesus, you did all you did because you love us. God, you do all you do because you love us. Holy Spirit, I pray to you. I pray you help me be consistent in living a life that pleases God. I pray you keep me consistent in striving to live a life that is perfect, just like Jesus. Excuse me. Oh, God. Help me, Holy Spirit, live a purposeful life. A life that aligns with what God wants for me. Mm, in Jesus' name. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Beloved, thank you so much for listening. I hope this word blessed you just as it blessed me. I hope it helps you just as much as it, as it is helping me. I love you all so much. May God bless you. May he meet you at your time of need. May he fulfill each and every desire of your heart according to his will and his purpose. I love you all so much. God bless you.